EdTech Marketing Podcast. Hosted by Mateo Elvira, a former tech sales rep turned digital marketer. If you're an EdTech organization struggling with how to leverage the power of digital marketing, then sign up for this weekly podcast that aims to help. Week by week, our featured guests will share their top tips that you can put into action today. Let's get started. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the EdTech Marketing Podcast. It's your host, Mattel Elvira here. And I have a super special EdTech startup founder today, Demetra Malios, who is the founder and CEO of Puberty. And if I'm reading her LinkedIn profile right now, it says an EdTech puberty health startup. Super interesting. I think we've all had a unique experience when it comes to health education, sex education in the public school system here. She's doing some awesome stuff. So, Demetra, Thanks for being on the podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Definitely doing quite well. Very excited to be here and share more about Puberty and hopefully uh, your listeners enjoy it. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Because I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Something that really sticks out to me is you worked at Adidas, but not only did you work at Adidas, but you actually worked in Europe. It looks like Germany here. Tell us about that experience and how the heck did you land in EdTech after that? Yeah, so Adidas is a company that I love very much, and I highly recommend to anyone that wants to work somewhere to definitely go there if you're into sports. But I worked at their headquarters, which is in Germany, and also their digital headquarters in Amsterdam. So that's why I was over there. Really had an amazing opportunity there to work on the female uh, strategy and campaign for their five-year strategy. And during that time, I actually had the opportunity to specifically dive into female sports. Played soccer my whole life. I also played semi-pro while I was in Germany. Had the opportunity to, to volunteer and to support at the Women's World Cup, which was in France and through Adidas. And then I also was able to help lead and be a part of uh, this campaign called Period Play. I was working on the analytics side and something that we identified there uh, while working at Adidas, what I saw was that more like the majority of young girls, the reason that they drop out of sports or the main cause is because of menstrual health. And what that really had to do was it wasn't necessarily having the right resources in place to deal with their period, but more so also understanding how to talk about it and how their environment made them feel and whether they continue participating in sports or let's say in like a debate team or whatever the extracurricular activity was. And so you saw a really big drop in girls participating in extracurricular activities by the age of 13, which also contributed to their average decrease in self-confidence. I and mean, that was on average around 30% in uh, decreased self-confidence compared to their male peers. And uh, this was specifically looking at the United States. And then also while living abroad in the Netherlands, I was able to really see the difference in terms of what 
my colleagues knew and understood in terms of health and how they talked very openly about it. And then just reflecting back on my own experiences and comparing that back to what we learned back in the days when I was in middle school here in the U.S., I just thought there was a really massive discrepancy. And I was really shocked to see how much more advanced culturally uh, some of these places were and what they could speak about and what they knew. And then when I came here to study my master's at Columbia, I just graduated in December uh, 2022, I realized that even amongst a group of highly educated people, when it came down to health education, depending on the cultural background that you're coming from, you might be just severely lacking in, in that field, despite having really well-rounded education. And obviously, we're talking about people here that are in Ivy Leagues. And so that's where I kind of was just really taken aback and shocked. And then bringing that in with Adidas is kind of like you know, where I kind of came here now. But I just started to realize that, wow, this is a big problem. No, you're good. It sounds like it came really full circle there, just really recognizing a problem and Talk to us about like, what do kids currently have in the U.S. as far as sexual education? Obviously, you know, you and I, we haven't been in that class for years. I'm sure maybe it changed a little bit today. Talk to us about what you're seeing in classrooms today. What does that look like today? Right. So, so you would think it's changed. That's what I thought. So I, real quick, my age, I'm turning 29 very soon. I had my only health class in fifth grade, which I think is kind of the classic here. Uh, whenever I was talking to a bunch of different people doing our surveys, but what I found now in running my research is that the system really varies in terms of what you're going to learn and understand based off of the state that you're in. So it's really inconsistent because the way the U.S. is set up, right, is states can legislate what you're going to be learning, and so you'll see that in some states you are required to teach health class based on facts and you're required to teach a certain amount of health classes. It could be one health class in middle school and one in high school, and that's it. Or you could have a few more classes. And then in some other states, you actually might not be required to teach it at all, or it also doesn't even need to be factually accurate, which I had not actually recognized until I started doing the research and really diving into it. And then I was shocked. And, and so then what I did was I started to look back at, okay, what did we have as a resource and what was I learning from? And what are they learning from now? And this is the part where I was severely disappointed in that it had not changed. I went back to my schools in Central PA and things had not changed since I was in fifth grade, which was a very long time ago. I am surprised by that because we live in the U.S. and I do feel that this is a very developed and forward-paced country. However, certain aspects really are lacking. And I think that health education is one of them. For instance, you can see that the U.S. has the highest STD, STI, and teen pregnancy rates of any developed country. We have one of the worst mental health rates in terms of uh, youth. So one in five students have contemplated suicide in the year 2021, I believe it was, and that number is just getting worse. There's a lot that's playing into this, of course. And it's just really understanding and recognizing that puberty is a really critical time frame and knowing what is happening with your body, its changes, your hormones, what's considered to be, let's say, on a normal scale versus not and what, when and how to reach for help is really important. And so what I found when I was talking to health teachers is, again, really varies by state because it's extremely inconsistent. And even within the school district, what we found was that based on the school, they can choose to interpret the health education as they want. And so kids in one middle school within the same school district were learning something completely different compared to the other ones. And then when they were combined in high school, you saw this discrepancy. We did go and speak to fourth through 12th graders 
and were able to see this. And then a lot of the teachers were mentioning that they continued to use the American Girls All Care and Keeping a View book as a resource, which, by the way, is 25 years old about. And that one was mainly for female health. And we did one post on our social for that, and it went viral. We only have like 150 followers at the time. We just started, and we received more than 1.6 million views and hundreds of thousands of likes and then comments and all that. So it's really just reiterating that this is one of the main resources. It's been the same for 25 years. Things are not changing, really. We haven't provided new resources and that's where Peabody comes in. So what we're doing is we are gamifying the curriculum. We're making it fun and enjoyable for kids. You can kind of think of it like a Duolingo for puberty, where they're able to play and learn through lessons and play games. They can earn points. Uh, we use fruit characters because we found that including, I think, people our age and also students use fruit emojis to uh, refer to specific body parts. And we figured why not play into it? We know it can be awkward or people might laugh. So let's just have fun with it. As long as you're learning and you're able to then recognize and remember that content, it's more effective for you in terms of retention. That's great. We'll use the fruit. And so that's why we went uh, along that route as well. And also our material is verified by medical professionals. So we work with uh, volunteers that review our content uh, because the other thing we found when doing our surveys and looking into the research is nowadays, a lot of the youth, so 80% report uh, utilizing TikTok as their main source of information. Information. Yeah, exactly. It, which is, I think, can be a bit tricky because then how do you recognize what is misinformation and what's not, right? And so with us, we have a really safe environment where they're able to learn at their own pace and understand and know that the content is verified and parents and teachers can also feel comfortable. So we're really trying to hit like that full ecosystem there of caregivers, teachers. So I know that you mentioned you're piloting in a few schools on the East Coast. What's been the feedback from teachers, students? What are some things that really surprised you? Things that you learned just by getting your solution actually in using in schools? Yeah, of course. So one of the things that surprised me, I would say, is the very first pilots that we did was with our rough prototype. Looking back, I cringe because it honestly does not look great. But what was surprising was now, and I look back at that, we received five out of five stars from the teachers and the students. We had immense positive feedback improved engagement rates. And with that first version, we were able to increase test scores by 42% within those health classes. And this was a public school and private school that we were at. And like I said, they wanted that app, which was the most basic, not very advanced version, our very first prototype, which to me just indicated, wow, even the really bare minimum is better than what exists. And so from that, we took their feedback, incorporating some more games, making it even more engaging, adapted the layout so it looks way more aesthetically pleasing for sure and we updated our content and then we rolled it out again and also led online courses and we were able then to see even better results so now we have an increase uh, in 61 percent in health test scores so that effectiveness and retention is really proving itself there and then in addition to that and the thing that's most important to us is really enabling youth to feel prepared, supported, and confident through that time frame. So we were really happy to see that there was an increase in 90% in confidence and comfortability amongst youth talking about health topics with their peers and friends. And then that number was around 75% increase when talking to adults, which again, that's great because we do know it's a little bit more awkward sometimes. And then it was an increase in 50% likelihood to actually reach out to a trusted adult after having gone through utilizing Pewberry as 
their first touch point. So really our goal is we're providing them with the health education, but it's a safe environment to start learning in at your own pace. You don't have to feel awkward and weird about it because it's on your phone or on your computer or iPad. And then we have these discussion enablers. So at the end of the classes, we would open up and have like experiential discussions where we talk about how that lesson uh, reflects on some of the experiences that you may have already had. And students are able to see, okay, wow, like all of us are kind of going through similar types of experiences and in different ways. And they were able to relate to each other. And we we're just providing them with that resource of the kind of language that you can use to talk about it. Like, what's the vocab around this? What kind of questions can you ask? Because that was the other thing is we recognized in the beginning, even if you have a question, you might not really know how to phrase that because you have never even talked about it or heard about it. Like, how do you talk about something never really discussed previously? So we're just providing them with them. We saw really positive results. And again, going from the original, not so aesthetically pleasing and lacking in features version to what we have now. And even back then, people wanted to download it. It made us super excited. And now we were just, it, it looks way better. So if anyone wants to take a look, you can see it on our website, pberry.org. But it, it's, it's been really a fast-paced journey, but also super great to see that feedback. Seeing it from the kids are, and their positive replies. But yeah, sorry, the dog. Oh, you're good. I think you pretty much concluded everything here. I was going to say like, yeah, where can they find you? But I feel like you pretty much answered that all. What's next for you and the team? So we are rolling out into hopefully a couple of schools here in New York City. So we're in those active discussions. So there's some public schools that are coming up for us. We should be joining them either at the end of this current semester into December or in the very beginning of the next. We also will be launching our app in iOS and Android. So keep an eye out for that. And then currently right now, we're running our Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to really support us. We are looking to raise... 20k that is basically going towards our having a full-time engineer on board so in case we have any bugs in that first time frame we want to be able to hit on those points right away and then our we are copa hipaa and ferpa compliant right so uh, very sensitive with the data and information we get because we do incorporate a calendar where you could have period tracking for instance within our app as well as tracking your emotions understanding hormones and how that's impacting you so uh, we do everything in our way to ensure that the students feel safe, the parents feel safe, and no data can be tracked back to a specific student. And so that's where that's all going. But we're, we're ready to go. We're super excited. So if you want to back us, Kickstarter, Pewberry, up until, unless this isn't out yet, I don't know, but up until October 18th is, is when that's running. And they, we have like some special rewards there where you can download the app for a much lower price and support us. So thanks for that rundown. I'm really excited to see what you'll be able to do. It's a really interesting space. Definitely needs some disruption. And I think you're doing an awesome job. So appreciate you being on the podcast. And um, I'll definitely leave a link to your website and your Kickstarter in this podcast as well. So everyone, please go check it out. Connect with her on LinkedIn. She's doing some awesome things. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the EdTech Marketing Podcast with your host, Mateo Elvira. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to help grow your EdTech audience. If you're keen to see these ideas can be applied in the real world, join us on the next week's episode. As always, you can head over to elvira.media to learn more about our digital marketing services for EdTech brands. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time time.